I hope you enjoyed that funny little intro there. Uh, that was me attempting to do the classic Twin Peaks reverse talk that the characters in the Black Lodge tend to speak in. Um, you can do that yourself too. There's a fun little app. All you have to do to achieve that uh, weird sound is to uh, pronounce words phonetically backwards, record that audio, and then reverse that recorded audio, and you'll get that weird effect. Um, there's a cool little app that can help you do that as well. Um, so thanks, that was fun. Uh, welcome to today's episode. Uh, it is April 8th, 2020. Uh, and if you want to think back to another April 8th in the year 1990, uh, folks were excited about a new show that was debuting on television that evening, uh, a little thing on NBC called Twin Peaks, uh, starring Kyle MacLachlan. And no one really knew what the show was about or what it was going to be about, and it sort of sparked something really special. And that's where I wanted to talk, you know, what I wanted to talk about today. Um, in the first part of today's podcast, I'm just going to briefly run through some of my favorite episodes of Twin Peaks, some of my favorite Twin Peaks memories. And in the second part of today's episode, I'll be joined by two very special guests, my mom and dad, who I have uh, been lucky enough to share my Twin Peaks journey with throughout the years. Um, and so that'll be cool to listen to us, uh, us three talk about Twin Peaks a little bit in the second part of today's podcast. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get into it. So there's so much that could, we could talk about with Twin Peaks. I could talk about Twin Peaks all day long, but I thought I would just kind of um, frame this episode in dis a discussion about my, my maybe my top episodes, my top favorite moments or episodes from Twin Peaks. Um, and so I just want to kind of go through that really quick here. Um, so my first, my first choice, my number one, and these aren't really uh, in order of, of like favorite to least favorite. They're just kind of top five. Um, so the first one here is the, of course, the pilot episode of Twin Peaks. Uh, this aired on April 8th, 1990. It was called the pilot or, uh, later it was retitled as Northwest Passage. And, um, 
In this feature-length pilot episode, the small town of Twin Peaks, Washington is shaken up when the body of high school student Laura Palmer is discovered near a riverbank wrapped in plastic. FBI agent Dale Cooper is called by local sheriff Harry Truman when Renette Pulaski, a schoolmate of Laura, is found wandering on a bridge and then slips into a coma. Cooper sees a connection between Laura's death and the murder of another girl one year earlier. After finding a piece of paper under Laura's fingernail, similar to one he found in the fingernail of the girl who died earlier, Cooper suspects that the same killer might have struck again. Meanwhile, Sheriff Truman arrests Laura's boyfriend, Bobby Briggs, who is secretly having an affair with a married woman named Shelley Johnson. Uh, this recap came from the Wikipedia page uh, about Twin Peaks, which I will link to in the episode's description. But of course, the pilot it's just so classic. Uh, the image of Laura Palmer's body on the beach wrapped in plastic. Um, the phone call from um, the phone call from uh, Pete Martell, uh, you know, letting the FBI know that she's dead, uh, wrapped in plastic. Um, so many iconic moments. Dale Cooper arriving in Twin Peaks. Um, him talking to Diane on the on the on the recorder on the dictaphone, um, the, the him talking about the the food that he got on the way in, the lamplighter, and it's all of it. It's just it's just it just set the stage. The 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 the, the sign of the town there, the music, um, it all just sort of set the stage and presented us with this incredibly detailed, dynamic, dreamlike world that we were about to step into for years and years and years to come. Um, so it really set the stage for for everything to follow. And it was just such a, an important piece of television history, such a brilliant episode, brilliant acting. Um, it's, it, you know, the melodrama of Twin Peaks is undeniable and that's what makes it so fascinating. And um, the, the pilot just encapsulated all of that. So I gotta say the pilot episode was, was really great. My second pick is episode two. So, uh, Technically, the pilot is episode zero, and the numbering gets a little uh, wonky because the pilot wasn't really the first episode. It was kind of the, the feature-length intro to the show. Um, so this is actually the, the third episode that aired, but it was the, the, second, the second episode in the list if you start with if, if the pilot is episode zero. Um, and this episode is called Zen or the Skill to Catch a Killer. And this aired, this aired on April 19th in 1990. And in this episode, the reason I love this episode is because we, this is the first time we get a glimpse of this strange otherworldliness of Twin Peaks. Up to this point, it was just a murder mystery investigation. But in this episode, Dale Cooper has a dream where he enters this strange place with a red curtain and this diminutive man who speaks in reverse language and dances strangely and these otherworldly sofas and this strange black and white checkerboard floor and it's just it, it's this it's pure david lynch madness and i love every drop of it um and it's this it's this this is the first moment in the show where you realize there's something else going on here than initially meets the eye that that there's something more to this show than just a an fbi officer coming into a town to investigate a murder there's something otherworldly happening here and this is when I got hooked. So I got to call out episode two as, as being awesome for that. Um, from there, I would point to um, the, the, the finality of season one. Um, episode eight entitled May the Giant Be With You, uh, which aired on May 23rd, 1990. Um, this episode is when we first start to get a glimpse into some of the mythology behind the Twin Peaks. We can see the giant. Um, we, uh, 
let's see, as Cooper lies bleeding from a serious gunshot wound, he has a vision of a mysterious giant who helps him with the investigation. Albert Rosenfield arrives in Twin Peaks the next morning to assist Cooper and to investigate his attack. Meanwhile, Leland Palmer's hair has suddenly turned white, and he continues to act in an unusual way. James remains in jail after being framed by Bobby, who plants Leo's stash of cocaine in James's motorcycle. Big Ed maintains a close watch on Nadine, who, after a suicide attempt, is left in a comatose state. Leo also remains in a coma after being shot by Hank. The sawmill burns down, leaving Catherine and Josie missing, and Shelly and Pete in the hospital after barely escaping the fire. Donna, after receiving some advice from the log lady, looks into the Meals on Wheels that Laura worked at. Just reading that description, you can smell the melodrama. It literally sounds like a description of your run-of-the-mill um, soap opera, which is what's so fascinating about this show. Um, it embraces that melodrama and uses it as a commentary to help us understand what we're actually watching. So if you understand the commentary of the show, if you understand why the melodrama is there, it will give you insights into what the show actually is about, which is brilliant. Um, so I love that episode. Moving on to um, season two. I really love the episode entitled Lonely Souls. Um, oh, wait a minute. Is this season? Sorry. This might still be season one. No, yeah, I believe this. I believe this is uh, this is in season into season two. Episode fifteen, Lonely Souls, aired November tenth, nineteen ninety. Jerry tries to arrange a defense for Ben, who is in jail for Laura's murder. Cooper is skeptical of Ben committing the crime, which Truman contradicts. Later, Ben visits Peter. Pete visits Ben with an audio message from Catherine. Um, Lonely Souls is an episode where <laughs> there's this. So you have to understand something about Twin Peaks. Uh, when the main character, Delara Palmer, is murdered, her cousin comes to town, Maddie Ferguson. And Maddie is played by uh, the same actress that plays Laura Palmer. And it's not Laura Palmer, but it is her. And, and this is another theme of the show. People who aren't really themselves, but kind of are themselves. Um, I know that kind of sounds weird. But in this episode, we learn a lot more about... Um, about... Who is responsible for this murder. Um, you know, there's some hilarious moments where Leland Palmer, Lara's father, is driving in his car and he's stopped by the police. Uh, just so many interesting things happening in this episode. So Lonely Souls is great. Check that one out. Um, episode 29 is actually the finale of the show. And I, I've skipped so much and there's so much to be talked about. Even in season two, when we get all sorts of silliness like Ben Horn reenacting the Civil War during a mental breakdown. We get uh, in season one, uh, Ben Horn and his brother eating uh, French cheese baguettes, um, gorging themselves on these delicious sandwiches. Uh, there's just so much to talk about, but I don't have all day to do it, and so um, we're skipping a lot. But of course, the the finale of the, of this show, Beyond Life and Death, is just an insane ride through the Black Lodge, this otherworldly space that that Cooper visits all the time, um, with all kinds of imagery, souls being destroyed, people being stuck in the lodge, Cooper finding some answers, Cooper himself getting trapped in the lodge, an evil version of Cooper emerging from the lodge, all of these things. So there's just too much to talk about, but those are some of my highlights from the first two seasons. Um, and then, of course, in the last five minutes here, 
I really just want to highlight the entirety of season three. Season three of Twin Peaks is an absolute banger. Um, every episode of this is an absolute cinematic masterpiece in every kind of way. Um, the fact that the season three was released episodically every Sunday night um, for several months made it amazing. It was the number one thing that I was looking forward to every single week. I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen that week. And David Lynch just did so many wild things in season three and took so many risks with this show that was so beloved, I have to applaud his courage. Um, specifically in season three, uh, episode eight called God of Light is absolutely stunning. Um, it's like this perfect little moment of television masterstroke brilliance. Uh, music, visual imagery, what actually happens, the information and insight we're given into what Twin Peaks world actually is. Um, the the way that this show takes place in the 1950s or in this episode like sort of like in the 50s has this this you can't really call it melodrama because it's it, it's real it was realer back then it, it's hard to describe uh there's these terrifying images of this otherworldly woodsman descending into the the Nevada desert there's just so much going on in episode 8 if you are going to watch anything watch that uh, I also wanted to point to some of the later episodes in season three, uh, part 14, We Are Like the Dreamer, where we kind of get some clues into what the show actually is. Um, the idea of if you're a dreamer, if you're dreaming and, and you're inside of a dream, how do you tell if you're the, the dreamer or if you're something the dreamer has dreamed up? There's all this cool stuff about dreams and what dreaming is and what dreaming means and how we can how we need to navigate that. And then the end the end of part three, the end of the show up to this point is just an absolute stunning series of events that, that culminate in a shocking, shocking ending moment, um, the likes of which I've never seen. Uh, and there's so much metaphysical, like, c combining of, of elements that it's just crazy. Um, worlds clashing together, um, theories about Dale Cooper being a dream this whole time and is he a dreamer is whose whose dream is this that we're in uh, there's just more questions than there are answers and that's what the, that's the beauty of this show um, just like a blue rose uh, an unfolding uh, puzzle box of of questions on answers wrapped up in questions wrapped up in more questions maybe with an answer in there somewhere amongst one of those petals um, it's an amazing kind of uh, journey uh, so Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you liked my quick breakdown. You can tune in for the next part as I discuss some of my adventures through Twin Peaks with my mom and dad, which is a cool discussion. And uh, happy Twin Peaks 30th anniversary day. If you have a chance to tune in to Kyle McLaughlin's live stream later tonight, I would suggest that you do so. Um, if you're a Twin Peaks fan, please leave me a message. It's one of my favorite shows. There's nothing else like it. Let me know your thoughts. And thank you so much for being here on The Pickup Line. Just you.
Welcome to this portion of today's episode of The Pickup Line. As you know, today is a really special day in the history of television and cinema. Um, Today is April 8th, 2020. And if you can cast your mind back to April 8th of the year 1990, um, that evening, a little TV show debuted on NBC. Uh, that was, uh, people weren't really, they didn't really know what it was. And they were a little confused by it. And, um... But that confusion and mystery kind of generated into something really special, and it became a really popular and successful show. In fact, I believe that first episode had about 36 million people watching it back in 1990. And the show that we, of course, are talking about is probably my favorite show of all time, Twin Peaks, um, a show created by Mark Frost and David Lynch. Um, And I wanted to spend today's episode of The Pickup Line talking a little bit about Twin Peaks and joining in with some people that uh, are really important to me when it comes to Twin Peaks, my parents. Um, So we've got Carol and Jack. uh, You've heard them before on the podcast, but they're back together with us today. Jack will be here in a second. But right now we've got Carol and my mom. And mom, if you just want to say hi and and hello, and you can even plug your podcast if you want. Um, We'll start there. All right. Hello, uh, Justin and everybody listening. Um, my podcast is called Down the Shore. Justin um, got me hooked up with Anchor, and he's actually the one who suggested the title called uh, Down the Shore, and maybe you'll want to tune in. It's all about retired life in the Delaware shoreline. And um, every day I make a podcast, only about eight to ten minutes, and that's just enough if you want to tune in real quick and then go on to whatever other leisurely lifestyle things you're doing. Thanks, cool. Justin. Yeah, that sounds great. That's a cool podcast, so you should check that out if you want to. But today we are we are we have been brought together here to discuss uh, a shared passion between all three of us, a, a multi generational pursuit that we all love, the show Twin Peaks. So I, I started the I think I I would say I started off the Twin Peaks thing, and the reason I got into Twin Peaks to begin with was because I'd heard a lot of people say things like, "If you love the X Files and you love Lost and you love Fringe and you love a lot of these popular science fiction television shows." Um, then you owe a lot of that to a show called Twin Peaks that came out in the 90s. And I was like, okay, I, don't, I, I was a little young. You know, I was only 10 years old, eight years old when Twin Peaks came out. So I didn't watch it when it was on TV. But I heard and read so much about how this show inspired much show, shows much later that I really loved. And so I went to try and watch it once uh, about 10 years ago. And I was like, what is this? This is terrible. Like, I couldn't watch it. I didn't like it at all. And I, I left it for a while. And then I finally came back to it. And I said, okay, this time I'm going to really, I'm really going to dig in. And I did that. And this was maybe, I don't know, eight, seven or eight years ago. And, and I loved it. I, I, I watched it. I gave it a chance. I let it develop. I let it stew a little bit. And boy, did it, uh, did it take hold with me. It was something incredibly amazing. Um, I uh, through the first two seasons of the show, which were on Netflix, and they still are. Um, and then more recently, about two or three, four years ago, um, Season three of the show came out on Showtime, which was an incredible thing that I'm sure we'll get to talking about here in a few minutes. But um, that's how I came to Twin Peaks. Mom, what, how, did, how did you come to Twin Peaks? Well, Justin, actually, I came to Twin Peaks because of you, because in 1990, when it was out, I wasn't interested in it. I didn't even know about it. 
I mean, I heard like, you know, the Laura Palmer thing, but I didn't ever watch it. And it wasn't until you got into it that you got uh, me and dad into it. Mm. And then that's when it started cool. for us. Yeah, that was because I, I, as any of my friends or family members will attest to, I talk about this show incessantly all the time. Uh, anytime there's a chance, I bring it up and tell people that they should watch it. I'm probably a little annoying about that. But uh, I did that with you guys. And I was just saying, like, you guys need to watch this show. It's amazing. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Um, and so you finally got around to doing that. I think you kind of you kind of burned through the first two seasons shortly before season three debuted. Is that accurate? Like you you watched everything a little bit more recently than I did. Um, I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah. I, but I, I kind of feel like we watched one and two. And then we had a little delay before three came and then we watched one and two again. Yeah. Smart. I think. I did, I did yeah. that too. I watched them about seven or eight years ago and then I watched it all again before season three came out to kind of be up to speed. And of course, watched Firewalk with me, the, the film that David Lynch created uh, after the end of season two, which is actually a prequel to the events of season one. Um, so right. how would you, in like one sentence, and this is going to be really hard, but in one sentence, how would you describe... Twin Peaks. I would describe it as mesmerizing, scary, and exciting. Hmm. Good. Good. Nice three words. Concise. I like that. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I would. I would maybe say. You know, for me, it, it feels like it's. It's like feels like a uh, an elongated dream. Um, a show that that leans heavily into its melodramatic undertones, a show that attempts to challenge our perceptions and thoughts about what television actually is. That's one of the reasons I love it so much is because, you know, I love things that are very like meta. Um, I know I'm, I'm going more than a sentence here, but like um, I love the, the, the meta quality of the show, the way that it kind of challenges us to think about what TV actually is and how it works and what it does. Um, all those things are really uh, interesting to me. And, and so, yeah, I would describe it as like an elongated meta dream about and melodrama. Right. And it sounds like, uh, dad, are you here with us now? I am, but I still can't get my phone off the speaker. Um, okay. Uh, well, that, that's, that's all right. We should, we should be fine. Um, so mom and I have just been talking. Oh, yeah. Um, you're going to have to find a way to get it off of the speakerphone because it's like damaging my eardrum. Okay. Uh... Okay. Maybe push, the home... Maybe push the home button and get it off that way and then come back. How did you do it, Carol? Mine never connected through. Um, connected regularly. All right, I'll jump off and try to jump back on again. No, wait, wait hang on. Hang on. It, it, it should be. It should be all right. It just. It should be fine. I think it's okay. I just. I, I just hear kind of an echo of myself because my voice is coming out of your phone speakers right. and then back into your phone thing into my ear. Um, but I can just talk a little more quietly. It should be fine. Um, so I was just. We, Mom and I were just talking about. Uh, sort of how we both came to Twin Peaks and sort of how that evolved and sort of my interest in the show and then me sort of wrangling you guys into it a little bit. And we were just kind of 
beginning our descriptions of what the show actually is and what it's about. Um, so how would you describe Twin Peaks if you had to describe what this show is about? What what is this show, Twin Peaks? Um, it's a show that was based on a young, a very young author's trilogy that was written, actually started in North Carolina and then was written uh, in a series of three paperback books and now are available online books. It's about twin worlds. It's about duality. It's about good versus evil. And it's about being as freaky of a director as possible. <laughs> That's funny you mentioned that. So the, the books that my dad is referencing there are the books that I wrote. So thanks for that plug. Thanks for that plug. Um, but uh, it's funny that I, I was interested in this, this notion of twin, twin stuff before I had any idea of, uh, or had watched Twin Peaks. Um, so that, that was weird because... I never had wa- I didn't watch the show until well after all three of those books were done being written. And so there's a lot of interesting, weird parallels there, um, yeah. which, ju- which just goes to show how far reaching the influence of Twin Peaks is, because the, the books that did inspire my books were written by, you know, like Stephen King and the Dark Tower and stuff like that. And perhaps those authors were, all, were interested or watching Twin Peaks at some point, And some of that stuff seeped into their ideas about the books that they were writing. And then I read those books and the chain continues. Um, but yeah, uh, I would definitely say that um, good versus evil for sure. Uh, yeah, we can definitely talk about the, the directorial aspects. And David Lynch is, of course, a big part of this conversation, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's great. Um, well, can, I, can I say something else? The, uh, the other thing I was thinking about earlier, anticipating this, uh, was uh, it would be good for you to maybe put in perspective how we, we kind of came upon the show, all of us, uh, a little, at a little bit different uh, times, you know, like when it first was broadcast, did you watch it when it first came out? No, I was only eight. Yeah. So it wasn't until a little later and then you watched it then when you were about what? I don't know, 29, 30. Yeah. And so then you basically, you told your mother and I about it and we got into it, you know, that many more years later, you know, it's it's kind of weird that whole, uh, evolution of watching if you will yeah for sure that that's an interesting piece of it we were just mom and i were just kind of talking about the sort of multi-generational aspect and the way that we all came to it in different ways and how i've tried to like talk about it i've gotten a lot of my friends to watch it actually based on my recommendation um and so that's cool but yeah um so today you know as you may or may not know today is the 30th anniversary of the debut of the pilot episode uh northwest passage is the name of that episode and it aired on nbc on april 8th 1990 um, and it was a big smash hit. It was it, it, it was the show that started the whole like water cooler discussion thing that became a community event for television shows henceforth. It was the show that started people going to work the next day, gathering together in their offices or wherever and saying, did you watch Twin Peaks last night? Can you believe what happened? And this was before the internet before social media. So it was, it was the, the inception of that. It was the first show that, that brought that about. Um, that's sort of what we, what we see now constantly on places like Reddit and social media when, when popular shows are happening, like what happened with Game of Thrones, right? Like watch parties, people getting together, t- discussing the episode, doing podcasts about the episode. We, these are all, this all started with Twin Peaks. Um, hmm. You know, Twin Peaks kind of ma- majorly made that happen. Um, so I thought that was an interesting thing. And, of course, the pilot episode is, is just is classic. Um, you know, Dale Cooper, 
arriving at, in Twin Peaks to investigate the murder of Laura Palmer wrapped in plastic found on the beach. Um, in fact, today, this afternoon, in a couple of hours, Kyle MacLachlan, the actor that plays Dale Cooper, is hosting a live uh, viewing session of the pilot episode. He'll be on Instagram live and tweeting live as everyone watches the pilot together around four o'clock this afternoon. Um, oh, cool. So tune into yeah, that if you great. want to. I don't know if I'll be able to, but I might try. Um, and I guess one of the things, specific questions I had that I thought would be fun to talk about is sort of favorite. It might be difficult to pinpoint like favorite episodes uh, off the top of your head, but favorite moments or um, things that stand out that you remember that, you know, have, have stuck with you, like ideas, characters, plot lines, moments, directoral decisions that have stuck with you from any of the Twin Peaks seasons, you know, one through three or the movie. Um, what, what comes to mind when you think of your your favorite Twin Peaks moment? Maybe we'll start with you, Mom. Um, I think it would have to be that that's a damn fine cup of coffee. <laughs> or I think if I'm saying it correctly. And the fact that all of the um, the sheriff's office all always gather around the sheriff's office with donuts and, and the coffee. Yeah. Hit a note, you know, with coffee, with we loving. And I have to tell you, by the way, that David Lynch organic coffee was really, really good. Oh, lovely. I, I, yeah. I, I managed to procure a bag of David Lynch officially sanctioned coffee for my mom for her for her birthday. So that was cool. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, 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 I love that, too. The almost the almost religious reverence that the characters in the town of Twin Peaks show towards uh, coffee and donuts is is yeah. fascinating. <laughs> um, you know, and, and there's well, this running don't gag. For, don't forget pie. And pie, of course, yes. Cherry pie is a, is an important symbol. There's a lot of food sim- symbology in Twin Peaks, um, but coffee, cherry pie, donuts, these things are all, um, you know, almost like religious artifacts, uh, something to be worshipped, something to be, uh, um, uh, you know, um, like, <clears throat> uh, um, it's very, it's very, uh, what's the word? Um, like, they, they, it's, it's, they're revered. They're revered objects, and uh, there's this running gag on the show where, you know, if you deny, if you, if you, if you refuse a cup of coffee in Twin Peaks, um, you're, you're, it's like a sacrilegious uh, move and, okay. and you're, you're known to be a, uh, a, a perhaps a doppelganger or um, a, a tulpa um, in some way. We see that play out at the very end of the show. Anyway, yeah, yeah so well, the wait, coffee, the well, pie, wait, and, the, and the donuts, yeah. I just, yeah, I just wanted to add on to that. Like, it, it, the, the TV show makes you feel like because of the coffee, donuts, and cherry pie, and like the... Um, double d i think it's called the diner mm-hmm. um, double r it makes you f- double r yeah it makes you feel like you are in hometown america mm. like like how could this whole thing happen in such a very you know c- hometown community that loves coffee they love donuts they love their pie they love their diner and this whole episode yeah. of terrible things is happening in their hometowns. Yeah, that's a good that's a great insight. That's a theme throughout the entire show is sort of like the facade of life. Right. And like the, the mm-hmm. way that things look pristine and perfect from the outside. But if you peer through the curtains a little bit and you look behind the scenes a little, you see that it's just as horrible here in, you know, Twin Peaks, idyllic Oregon town as anywhere else. Um, there's horrible things occurring you know just beyond the curtain and that theme is just throughout the entire show of of like you know like looking through the television looking past the the thing that you think you you're seeing and and what's actually behind it i mean there's literally a character in season three that literally takes her face off for a moment and we see something that's not her 
behind the face. So there's mm-hmm. so much of that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting point. You know, the idea that uh, there's so, there's so much going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, the coffee, the pie, and the, all that. It's it, it's all tied up in that in that theme. I think. Yeah, Dad. What about you? What what do you think of what what's some of your most memorable kind of memories or uh, episode or moment from Twin Peaks? Yeah, I, I certainly have a, a number of them, but I wanted to say that uh, what has stuck with me, I think, the most out of everything is the music. Hmm. Yeah, just haunting, and um, yeah. Just uh, I would agree. The theme, you know, it's like with so many shows uh, that you watch repetitively, like through different episodes, the intro music, you know, it just becomes so um, it's interesting how it becomes, uh, you know, you just you're humming it in your head. In other words, you know, it's just always there. So yeah. that and then um, of course, the um, I think the best episode, the most exciting one for me was um you know, when I, I couldn't even, the, the, the nuclear explosion, the, the traveling through space and time and the, you know, yeah. the Bob vomiting out of the intestines in the sky thing, you know? Yeah. You're referring there to episode eight, season three called, uh, got a light is yeah. the name of that episode. Um, and yeah, the music, uh, composed and produced by Angelo Bartolomenti is, is incredible. Um, it's got that it's got that dreamy dreamlike thing that david lynch is always going for um i whenever i think of the twin peaks music myself i always think of the scene it's early on in season one it might be episode one actually i think might be the pilot when audrey arrives at the double r and she just kind of dances by herself uh, Mm -hmm. in the middle of the floor and music playing in the background and Mm -hmm. it's just such a strange moment um there's just so much strangeness to the show that you can't quite put your finger on why it feels so strange what it does i think that's why david lynch is so brilliant is he's able to tap into a um i don't know like a like a foreignness like an uncanniness that is 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 palpable and it's there and it's it's tangible but you can't quite figure it out and that's why everything feels like a dream is because he's he's presenting you with these strange things that feel strange and familiar at the same time and they feel real and dreamlike at the same time and everything's just kind of all doused in that um in that i don't know yeah that's really um so yeah and i in episode eight um, i the next the second part of this podcast today i'm going to go through my top five or six episodes that i love the most and episode eight is for sure on that list it might be the number one i mean those images of the of the woodsman descending into the dark of the desert and that whole mm-hmm. bit with the poem about the water and the well and the drink deep and all that and the the mm-hmm. old timey music and the the whole thing is just the whole episode is just a masterwork of television cinema uh, all of it is just incredible um well, i'll talk about talk about that a little bit later um so how about favorite characters let's do that and then we'll maybe one more topic after that and then we'll we'll wrap it up but um if you had to pick one or two favorite characters on twin peaks who would they be dad we'll start with you well dale cooper would be number one um and um just as kind of a I don't know what to say, but the the uh, Andy and um, what's her name's kid. Uh, they oh. comes back on the motorcycle and and does the little thing like Marlon Brando. Yeah, um, I think his name's Brando, isn't it? Like, yeah, uh, I thought that Mar- was or, yeah. classic. Yeah, that was that scene was amazing in, in season three when their their grown son played by what uh, uh what's that guy's name um Michael Cera, 
comes in and uh, does that whole monologue about the open road. It's, it, it's just yeah. so whimsical. It's so nonsensical. I, it, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, classic, classic David Lynch moment there. Yeah. Um, how about you, Mom? Who's your favorite character? Well, obviously, it would be Dale Cooper. I mean, he is ultimately the best in the whole thing. He, he's terrific. Mm-hmm. But I think he is really good. But I also think Audrey, I, I've always, you know, still like thought about what is she about? You know, what is her outcome? Is she really weird or is she really normal? Like she, what is she? But so I think mm-hmm. she is my second favorite. And then um, the girl that plays, um, oh God, I'm not, I can't think of it, with the eye patch. Um, Nadine? Yeah. <laughs> Nadine, yeah. She's like, why is she in there? You know, it makes, it makes yeah, you wonder. She's like great. that character is in there for some reason. Um, maybe it's comic relief to a degree or something, but she's interesting. Yeah. So For sure. Yeah. Yeah, those, those are great picks. Um, an interesting anecdote about Audrey, if you want to hear it. Um, uh, 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 David Lynch, one of David Lynch's most well-known films from the 90s that was nominated for an Academy Award with Film of the Year, uh, Mulholland Drive, mm-hmm. if you've ever seen yes. that film. Um, originally, that film was intended to be a Twin Peaks spinoff film. Um, and it was going to be Audrey like story after the end of season two. And it was going to be her going to Hollywood and like trying to become an actress. And that movie was originally planned to be that story. And it didn't end up that way. They changed it and they made it into Mulholland drive, but that was the original idea. Uh-huh. And there've been, there've been some rumors that, that potentially if twin peaks were to continue from here, there might be some sort of sort of like almost like a cinematic universe tie in attempt where they, you know, where potentially Mulholland Drive takes place in the same world or worlds or universes or whatever as, as the Twin Peaks world. And there might be connections made there. There's rumors about all those things. I thought that was it. Oh, that is. Um, yeah. If you, so if you love Audrey, that might be a, you might see Audrey again. Mm. Maybe. Um, yeah. For me, I would say, uh, you, know, you know, Cooper for sure. Um, I think one of my favorite characters just to watch because he's so entertaining would, would have to be Gordon Cole, played by David Lynch himself. Yeah. Oh, yes, um, yes. Just because he's so off the wall with his, with his you know, he, inability to hear anything and his sort yeah. of comedic moments of mis, misinterpreting everything that he's hearing and uh, just yelling in people's faces all the time. And, <laughs> you know, he feels like this wise fool, right? Where, like, y- you don't know if he's got all the answers or if he's making it up as he goes along or if he has some master plan or not or if he's just kind of like it, it's crazy and he, we we kind of get some exposition out of him at the end of season three and you know it does seem that he's had a plan all along but uh, a fairly convoluted one but yeah um and, and i would have to also point to you know kyle yes dale cooper in the first two seasons but kyle mclaughlin as three versions of dale cooper in season three oh. that whole trifecta is incredible as well you know the, the dougie jones the, the the evil mr c and the actual you know good dale cooper yeah, yeah. that was just, that was that's awesome a really good observation that. yeah yeah that's, i mean that's, that's yeah. so yeah. cool it's funny how yeah. after you've been away from it for a little while it makes you kind of want to watch it again Maybe during this coronavirus thing, it would be a good thing to start watching it from the beginning one more yeah, what time. Would, uh, Justin, what would be the uh, best way to, you know, if you wanted to really binge watch from beginning to end with the movie, like you originally had suggested that we do, uh, if you want yeah. to do that today, how would you do that? 
I would say the best way you've got the first first two seasons are on Netflix as well as I think CBS now, and I think they're on Hulu also. So you can watch okay. the first two seasons streaming on those platforms. The movie Fire Walk With Me, I don't know if that's available streaming anywhere, but it is part of that Twin Peaks complete box set. If you've got the first two seasons on Blu-ray box set, it's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way to watch season three is through Showtime, unfortunately. So you need to either subscribe to Showtime or uh, maybe someone uh, bought you a, a Blu-ray set of the season three at some point. So maybe you have that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and you can watch it there. <laughs> we do. Yeah. We do? But for streams, yeah. yeah. Well, where is it? Yeah. We have it. I'll oh, show yeah. you where it is. All right. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, for streaming for season three, sadly, it's only Showtime, which I don't subscribe to, but I do have the Blu-ray set of season mm-hmm. three. Um, okay, thanks. So, yeah. Um, and, I've, you know, this was only about a 20-minute conversation, and I wish we had all day to talk about this, but we don't. And there's so much more to talk about with Twin Peaks. But, you know, the thing, Twin, Twin Peaks, just as a show, it's brilliant. But the way that it's kind of allowed us to have some connection and to talk about the episodes and to watch them together and me, you know, when I came to visit you guys to watch the finale and these were these are times and memories that I'll cherish forever. And I think this was the this was the other thing that made Twin Peaks so great is like it brought folks together and it gave us something that we could watch and enjoy and talk about. And so um, any final thoughts about about the show just before we end our discussion here? I would just say that that is one of the most memorable things of my life when you came up from North Carolina and we got the cherry pie at the Amish market, and it was all natural cherry pie, uh, no sugar added, and you didn't get a migraine from it, and it brought hmm. us together when we watched the finale, and I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I agree. That was a great, great time. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's great. Well, I really appreciate you guys hanging out and talking about Twin Peaks today. Um, this episode should go up later today. I have a special surprise intro. Um to the to the podcast that uh should be fun to listen to you can you, you heard it if you listen to this episode but uh, uh sp- here, spoiler alert it's, it's some stuff that might be backwards um <laughs> and yeah i really appreciate you guys hanging out talking uh thank you and i will see you around okay i really okay. appreciate okay. it all right. all right thanks guys